This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. I am so excited to be sharing this episode with you guys. I am chatting with one of my favorite TikTokers, Chaz Lewis. I absolutely love the way he approaches interacting with children and how to basically meet their needs on an emotional level as opposed to just addressing the behavior. I love his energy and you can tell that he's super passionate about this topic, which is probably why he is so successful on TikTok and all his other platforms. So without further ado, here is Mr. Chaz. I listened to your podcast a little bit, just kind of on the drive, but but it didn't really say that much. I guess I did listen to the first, the first one you did and you were talking about yourself, but I would like to hear it straight from you. Like... Tell me about yourself. (laughs) So with regard to reflective functioning, it was super interesting to me that you were interested in it from like a parent-child or teacher-child perspective because I'm more so trained in it in adults and specifically in adults that are um, reflecting on their childhood experiences with their parents. So I don't know if you're familiar with attachment. Mm -hmm. Yes, familiar. So I'm trained. Part of what I did for school was uh, I was trained on the adult attachment interview. So it's basically like a structured interview that we we were giving it to people that had an eating disorder. And I basically coded those transcripts of those interviews for both attachment. And then I was trained also to code it for reflective functioning. So it's how they reflect on their childhood and their relationship with their parents, basically. Mm. Because you mentioned that you were interested in it, I just did a quick Google search for reflective functioning with regard to the parent-child relationship. And that's actually a big area of research, but I'm not super familiar with it, but it makes sense in that because you do a lot of emotional social stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it makes sense because the parent-child uh, reflective functioning is all about how the parent kind of interprets the child's mental state. So like what's going on within the child and how to best address it. Yeah, that's literally, you know, as I say, my position, my job is I teach teachers to teach. And, you know, that's pretty much what we do, all what teachers do all day. And, you know, what parents have to do a lot of the times kind of understand 
their child, understand their needs. And I, and I talk a lot about, you know, observing, identify the need, fulfilling the need and teaching the child how to fulfill their own needs. And I think when you mentioned it, it just seemed like it related, you know, and I'm, and I'm not as familiar with, with you know, I'm learning about, cause I did a little bit of Googling myself and just kind of listening to you. And I'm not really familiar in terms of, I guess the adult perspective, at least not the terminology, um, but it, it, but it, it is super interesting to me because that's what it is. And, you know, when we talk about behavior, a lot of times I always say that, you know, behavior is a form of communication that's communicating some kind of need. And a lot of times when we see just a change in the behavior, we do something and it changes the behavior we assume that the problem is fixed and that's not always necessarily true. So I just, and, and, and as I study and learn about, you know, different uh, areas of study and departments, a lot of it sounds like they're saying the same thing, but from a different perspective. And I think that if we bridge some of those things and I, we look at it from a more holistic point of view and what, what I do, and I feel like what has made me popular on, like on TikTok and what has made me successful with the coaching is I'm able to kind of break down what's going on in, you know, a child's brain or development or, right. or, or why one course of action is more effective and, is better for you and better for the child and be emotionally healthy humans. I feel, or at least I've been told that I'm pretty good at making some of the complicated stuff sound simple. One big thing that I'm like hot on right now is treat children the way that you would want to be treated by your boss. Okay. And you're, so all the, all the content that you do on TikTok is mostly geared towards child behavior. So where, like, where did your interest in child development or child behavior come in? Okay. So, yeah. So I will tell you my story. Okay. Um, so it is, and it's, it's really interesting and I'm going to try to give the concise version, but I have a hard time with doing that. So here we go. <laughs> um, I really started as a teenager Honestly, I was just looking for a job, right? I was looking for a summer job and my friend had just got a job at this childcare center. They said that they were still hiring. I knew it was good with kids, but I didn't really have a passion for it. And like I said, I was just looking for a job. I go in, I interview, I get the job. And as I'm on the job and starting my job, they did offer some training. Um, and I recognized that I was really good at playing with the kids. Um, but when it came to the conflict and like helping them like intentionally learn and, and the, the social emotional development and helping them with their conflict, I was completely at a loss and I really struggled. And at that point, I understood the gravity of what I was doing, the, the gravity of, of the fact that I was in charge or a part of growing the next generation of humans, of really impacting you know, lives of children in their most formative years. So when I would go in these situations where they were having conflict and I wouldn't, didn't know what to do. And sometimes I felt like I was making it worse. It was so difficult. It was, it, it was so challenging and emotionally draining to the point where I was going to my car on break, 
you know, I had, I'd have an hour break and I could not bring myself to go back in. It was so like, I, I was looking at my watch, looking at the clock. It's one Sorry. It's time for me to go in. But I like, my body would not want me to because of just the stress that I felt going in there because I just didn't know what to do. Do you find that maybe that's how some parents feel? Like, it's interesting that you say that because if you're a parent and you're struggling, you know, you don't have breaks, you can't go home. So do you think parents struggle sometimes with those same feelings? A hundred percent. I And I know for a fact that teachers, parents, you know, anyone, because children are, you know, they're humans. They are just like us, but they're so different from us because their their brains are just developing. And so things like, you know, on our adult brain and how we're used to operating in the world with interacting with other adults, logic is king, right? The person who has the best logic is the person who has the better argument, who's the person even in companies, that's the idea we're going to go with. That makes sense. We can put it down on paper. We make a plan. And that's how a lot of people are used to operating. But with children, and especially very young children, their brains, they're right side dominant in terms of their brains, which means they lean towards emotions and all their 90% emotions. And so when they're having temper tantrums or they're emotionally overwhelmed, our first response a lot of times is good to go to logic, but really we have to do things like validate their emotions and make sure that they feel heard before we go into logic. And then once we do that, then they'll, their, their, their brains will start to move into logic and you'll start to see body cues. You know, sometimes you'll see, you know, their, their eyes widen up or you'll see, you know, sometimes their facial expression will change and, you know, their body language will change. And that's when you know that it's, it's kind of like the yellow or green light to start moving into logic and to start, you know, making sense. But a lot of times we just start off with the logic and then they won't listen to the logic because they want to be heard. We try to combat it with more logic. It gets, it escalates even more. And then we're both frustrated. Like, why aren't you listening? I'm giving you a perfectly logical explanation of what I'm asking you to do, what I'm asking you to do. And you're not listening to me. And, and that's not what they need. And, 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 and because I empathize so much with the, the challenge and the frustration of that. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. 
Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right, the quality is unmatched, you are going to love it, and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Fast forward a little bit, I ended up getting, I found mentors, I did training, I did my own learning, I ended up being promoted to lead teacher at another school. They put my, um, they put a little a letter on the front of the door saying, Mr. Chaz is going to be your new teacher. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the parents were outraged and they wanted, they were, you know, wanted to disenroll because I was a Mr. Chaz and they didn't want a male to be teaching their children. They didn't feel safe. They didn't feel comfortable with it. And they threatened to leave the school. I would, as disheartening as that was, because I was super excited for the opportunity to grow my community of learnings, of learners, I took it as a challenge, like, okay, well, I'm going to show them that, you know, male teachers can be really great. And, you know, I do have their best interest and the best interest of the children of mine. They're going to grow and learn to the point I did. Long story short, I accomplished that goal. They came to my events. They gave me all the praise. They, you know, even referred other parents that didn't even go to the school to my program. And um, my classroom was full the next year. And in that time, you know, they were putting, you know, the challenging behaviors in my classroom. And that was, you know, learning experience for me too, because, you know, they saw that I was able to work with, you know, children that some teachers didn't necessarily know how to connect or work with. And through that, then teachers started asking me like, hey, like I'm having a, I'm having a challenge with this. And I started to give advice and they started to come back the next day like that worked. That made my day better and made the child's day better. Like, give me more. And then I realized that's when the light bulb went off that I love because the reason I'm doing it was to make the impact on my community of learners, my, my community of children trying to create lifelong learners um, and bring joy to learning. But I realized that if I could help other teachers, that, that my impact would be exponential. 
Um, and not only would I affect my 20 kids, but I would affect, you know, hundreds of kids. So I applied to a job educational specialist and pretty much it's my job is to like onboard, do training, support inside, outside of the classroom. I'm pretty much the way that I, I don't know if you've ever watched Scandal, but the way that I like to play in my head is like I'm like the Olivia Pope when there's like a challenge or something and something that people don't know how to handle. That's when I get called in a lot of the times. But then COVID happened and I was, I've been doing that for years. COVID happened. Most of the kids went home. Most of the teachers went home and I saw how parents were struggling and not knowing, you know, exactly, you know, what to do. Why, you know, why is my toddler coloring on the walls? Why are they having these temper tantrums? What can I do? What can I say to make my life and their life easier? And, you know, really the way that a lot of parents are verbalized is just to get them to listen to me. Um, and I and I saw that. And so and, and then I also saw at the same time how popular TikTok was because of the with the pandemic, since people are there anyways, you know, laughing, whatever I can make TikToks. That can help, you know, parents who are at home struggling with, you know, and they don't know what to do. They don't understand child development. They don't, you know, they haven't had the opportunity like I have to work with thousands of kids. And I've gone through years and years of experience and I've learned some things the hard way. I've done the wrong things and I've, you know, and I've learned the, the right things. And I sometimes it's just a small switch of just a, a way to just relinquish something that makes the world of difference. Um, and so I... And so I dedicated my time and really my quarantine to helping parents. And that's kind of, it really kind of took off from there. And now I do coaching, daily tips, online courses, and it's all dedicated to helping parents and teachers, you know, work with their children. And my big philosophy is, yes, the children, these are important, but I believe that the parents' needs are important too, because if the parents... Don't, they can only give what they have, right? And so if they're not if they're not meeting their own needs, it's going to be even harder for them to meet the needs of their children. And so I always say, match your needs as the adult, as the parent, as the teacher, with the needs of your children, and that's where the magic happens. Right? Isn't TikTok amazing? Like, do you love it? I love TikTok. Um, it's amazing, and I've gotten so many messages that. You know, like I only like I only got on TikTok because for the funny videos, and I would have never imagined that I would, you know, see you know see content like yours that would help me grow and develop as a parent or as a teacher. And it's literally has changed our lives. It's changed, you know, when my you know child would whine or complain, or you know, I would when I would used to just dismiss them and say, "Take that somewhere else, go to your room." Now I listen to them and I, you know, understand what their needs are and I teach them how to meet their own needs. And, and, and it's a completely different way of thinking about it, which again, aren't intuitive because, especially because of the way a lot of us are ra were raised, aren't necessarily the ways that are best for children and to really help them grow and develop. And, you know, we know a lot better now. Like, I know I was raised being, you know, spanked and no, stop, don't is such a common thing that we say and that we were told. But sometimes if we just relinquish it instead of saying stop running, 
we can say walk when we're inside. Sometimes that makes the world of a difference. And even let's go a step further. Let's identify what that need is. Okay, they're running all around the house instead of just being frustrated and mad about the behavior and just spewing our frustrations, you know, get curious about, okay, so what is this behavior trying to tell? Like, what is this behavior communicating, right? They're running all around, that, all around especially during the pandemic. They probably need more physical activity. They're probably not getting as much as what they need and are used to, right? The CDC recommends at least an hour a day and children, you know, younger, younger than five, you know, being active throughout their day. So instead of saying, you know, stop running, which isn't very effective, we can identify that they do they do have a need in their body to move around or do some kind of physical activity. And we can maybe go outside or right. we can, you know, put on Go Noodle. Maybe you're busy and you can't go outside, right? It's about meeting both your needs. And maybe you're cooking. Maybe you can put on Go Noodle. And I don't know if you're familiar with Go Noodle, but it's a site that's dedicated to getting children, you know, up and moving and mindfulness and they can do like dances in that way. Okay. Well, maybe you don't want any kind of screen time and that's not for you. Maybe we can do, have a dance party in the house, or maybe we can create an obstacle course, or maybe, you know, some other way to meet that need that is in their body instead of just dismissing it or just being frustrated about it. I preach and I say like, instead of getting frustrated, let's try to get curious. Right. I have definitely noticed in, so my son is 22 months, so he's almost two years old. And the days where we go outside, he sleeps better, he uh, eats better, everything is just better. So that's something that I've noticed. And I think for me, I love your TikToks because it's like you get all this information in an entertaining way in 15 seconds. Just little tidbits of information that now I can try and change throughout the day when I'm interacting with my son. And it's funny because I've learned a lot of things from your account. And I think some people would look at me and be like, oh, she has a PhD in psychology. Like she knows what she's doing. But no, like I don't focus on child behavior or interacting with children. You know, I don't have experience with children like you do. So for me, he's my only child. I don't necessarily know how to interact with him in the best way. So it was helpful to, Yes. one of the things was not to say no. I love that. Like, so now for me, I, I catch myself saying no or don't do that. And instead I'll say what I want him to do. And I, I want to go just a little bit deeper into why telling them what to do instead of what not to do is more effective. And I'm going to prove it. Like I said, like, I like to make it real life for us adults and give real examples so that we can really empathize with the information and really digest it. So I'm going to do something with all your listeners right now that's going to kind of prove why it's more effective or just make it a little bit more understandable. When you say no, stop, don't, they don't hear the no, stop, don't, they just hear the action, right? So you say no running, they're really only hearing the the running part or don't write on the table. They, they're only really hearing the right on the table and what you focus on especially for young children who have like the impulse right the thought and then they just do right they don't have as much of that space in between like us adults have learned to have like okay well what's the consequence of this going to be and okay if i do this then i'll probably have to clean that they're, they're not having that much space in between the the feeling and the thought and then the action mm -hmm. right so when you say no stop don't they are only focusing on the action you're telling them not to do. And this is, and here, here, here's the game. 
Don't think of an orange snowman. Don't think of an orange snowman. Stop thinking of an orange snowman. Don't think of an orange snowman. Why you stop thinking about an orange snowman? What are you thinking about? Yeah, totally. <laughs> right, the orange snowman. And and it's not necessarily, and again, we grew up with that, but that is, you know, especially for young children, you know, that is, that's that's what's going through their mind. And what you focus on, they'll focus on. So if you focus on telling them what to do, they'll they'll focus on that thing you're telling them to do. And so that's that's just one little tidbit I wanted to throw in there. But go ahead, you were you were gonna ask me about something else. <laughs> to that point, I'll just say one example that I use often is when he's coloring, he likes to, you know, take the crayon and go to color on the floors or something. Yeah. So instead of saying like no. No, or don't color on the floors. I re- I'll repeat myself saying on the paper, color on the paper. I try to put the emphasis on the on the paper and like point to the paper. Yes. So that's something that I've been working on. Um, but I was gonna mention one thing that I loved from your TikToks was the one that you did about how adults look at some child behavior as attention seeking, and I like how you. Call called it connection seeking, which when I saw that, I was like, oh, it broke my heart because Mm -hmm. part of what I'm trained in, not necessarily with children, but for attachment is, you know, responding to someone's needs. So if a child is reaching out and maybe it's not a behavior that you necessarily like, it's looking at it as in they want to connect with you as opposed to, oh, they're just trying to be bad and looking for attention. I love that. Yeah. And that's, and see, this is why I always, like, I recommend coaching because just having a child doesn't make you an expert in child development. You're an expert in your child. And then, you know, it's good to have someone who's an expert or is very knowledgeable on child development so that those two things can have the marriage of really helping meet your child's needs and what's appropriate and what's right. So when you're talking about on the, on the paper, and that's a good way to language it. Um, but also two-year-olds at that age, they're coloring with their whole bodies. They like big movements. They like to do with their big movements. So, and that's why they color on walls um, because it's just natural and it's what they need. And so, you know, what we do and what I recommend is the relanguaging on the paper is good and you want to do that. But I would also, you know, you can either get an easel at their height is perfect. You can get big pieces of big paper for them to like do it on the on the walls or even even on the table is fine. You can cover the table with paper or do it kind of outside wherever. But and that's just something advantageous to know because even as you're saying on the paper, on the paper, that child still it's going to want, you know, they may listen to you, um, but that child's still going to want those big movements. And a combination of those things is are, is really the most effective way to go. Now, and honestly, when I learned, because for years I called it attention-seeking too, and I think when we even just say the word, just the relanguaging of from attention-seeking to connection-seeking immediately without any, even any other words, you start to see it in a different light, right? And, you know, and once we start to see it different and then we're able to, you know, with ourselves respond different, we're able to like, okay, they they really want, 
And and by the way, it, just because they're you know they, they have an undesirable behavior, it doesn't mean it's always attention seeking. And that's why you know I, the parent is the expert of their child, right? So I always look to the parent whenever I'm coaching. I always look to the parents like, what do you think it is? Like, what do you think the need is? Because I'm not able to observe the child. I'm only able to go based off of what you're telling me and what you're observing. And that's really the most crucial part. Um, like, what do you think it is? And so if you identify that they are just, that they're wanting attention, that they're wanting connection, and that's why they're doing these behaviors, because, you know, if they if they say, hey, mommy, can you play with me? And they're like, no, I'm busy. I'm doing dishes or, you know, whatever you need to do. That happens. But then they stand on the table or they climb on something. You rush over every time they learn that, okay. If I stand on the table, this is how I get, you know, mommy to come to me. You know, this works 100% of the time. Maybe the words don't work or maybe the crying doesn't work. And, you know, children will do what works. And so, you know, I teach parents and teachers to teach children other ways to meet their needs, right? To, to get things that work. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner... I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolavie.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. And, and you have to do it within their skill level too. So how you tell a two-year-old to get your uh, connection or get to mommy me time or whatever you call it is going to be different than what you tell your six-year-old. One common thing is like cooking, right? 
I'm trying to cook, but my child just needs attention and they want me to like hold them. And, but one thing you can do is make them a part of the cooking process in small ways, right? So no, they're not boiling water or, you know, they're not sauteing peppers, but maybe, you know, you set up a little area for them and you put some crackers in a plastic bag and you say, mommy needs you to crush these up because these are going to be breading for the chicken. You have them crushing up crackers in the bag for, you know, for 10 minutes. And then they're like, look, mommy, I did it. And like, okay, that's pretty good, but I need you to do just a little bit more. And it just really fun, you know? And so they're, you know, they feel like they're helping and maybe they actually are helping and you can, you know, boil a carrot and give them a plastic, depending on what, again, what their skill level is and how much they need to be challenged. Cause at some point, you know, that, that four or five year old is going to be like, I'm done crushing crackers. Like I need a little bit more. And so that's, you know, maybe when you boil the carrot and you give them a plastic knife and you mm-hmm. teach them how to cut carrots, right. And you teach them a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. A lot of things are happening in that moment. One, you're getting the things that you need to, you're actually doing the sauteing, the things that, you know, like really need to be done to make this meal. Um, they feel so proud that they're able to help mommy and or daddy in the kitchen and they're cooking because especially in that two to five-year-old age, like they want to help so much. They, want, they see, you know, their parents doing all these things, even with like sweeping and things, and they want to do those things too. And they're getting like primarily that connection that they were seeking. Right. I, it makes me think of every time I try and vacuum, I because he just wants to be touching the vacuum, putting his toys on the vacuum. So what I do is give him one of the little attachments for the vacuum, and I showed him how to kind of rub it against the couch. Oh, so great. now every time I take out, <laughs> every time yes. I take out the vacuum, I said, "Are you going to help mommy vacuum?" And he goes and gets his little attachment, and he rubs it all over the couches. <laughs> and that is so great. Like that's that is perfect and he probably feels like confident and oh yeah and and happy one thing that I wanted to ask you about I think it's kind of a hot topic within you know parents is the timeouts and I think you did a TikTok on timeouts and so you had talked about instead of having timeout area, you have a calm down area. If you do have a calm down area in your house, what that would look like? And also, what would the interaction be between the child and the parent to have the child use the calm down corner? What does that look like? When And so, okay, so the purpose of the calm down corner is exactly what it sounds like. It's a place that is relaxing, filled with, um, you know, soft things and sensory items that is used as an area for the child to decompress and to calm down and just kind of recollect their emotions. Sometimes they get overwhelmed with emotions and, you know, along with the calm down corner, it's good to teach them calm down techniques as well to kind of calm us down and and, and, and just kind of recollect so then we can kind of get out of the emotional side of our brain and kind of move towards the logic part of our brain and kind of, you know, move forward productively. So you use it in situations where they are overwhelmed um, with emotion and they do just need some time and a place to decompress. 
And I actually, when I did that TikTok that I think you're referring to, right after that TikTok, I duetted another, um, now her TikTok name is Montessori by the Shore, but I duetted an example of the calm down corner she made for, for her child. And I loved it so much and I had to duet it because it, the way she went about it was so perfect. It was based off observation. She noticed that her child, whenever she get frustrated, she would run to her closet and that would be like her safe space and she would hide. So she, so based off her observation, she realized like that was the place, that was her safe place. Then that's when she created the calm down corner in the closet because that's where she was already naturally going. Um, and there's like some things you put in there, you put in different sensory items and sensory isn't just touch. Um, it is smell, it's sight. You know, children use all of their senses to process information and, you know, even, you know, different sounds in there that they can put in and listen to. You want to be really soft, full of a lot of like plush things. It's basically a place that children want to go to. And it's not necessarily like you're in trouble. You're going to sit in the corner for a timeout on a hard stool, which is, I think, isn't that what most people do? (laughs) Yes. And again, it's all about identifying what their need is. If you're identifying that they're, you know, overwhelmed with their emotion and they do just need some space to decompress that's when you would encourage it. You don't force it. It's not a place that, they, that they're that they banished to. And again, here we go. Here's the adult reference, right? For timeouts. And, and here's the thing. If you're using them right now, like I totally empathize and I totally understand a lot of times we use the tools that we have, right? And so, you know, our parents did timeout with us or our parents maybe hit us and we're like, well, timeout's a lot better than hitting. So like I'm, I'm going above and beyond, but there's better ways than that because children aren't giving you a hard time. They're, they're really having a hard time. Their brains are still developing. They're still learning about everything. Like they don't know how to handle, you know, their emotions. You know, I think sometimes we have the expectation that, you know, children should just listen to what I say, because that's what I said. And they, regardless of their emotion, they need to be obedient and listen because I'm the parent or I'm the teacher. And really what we want to do is in those times, if they're, even if they are being defiant, even if they are, you know, they're not way, they're not being patient or they're, they're exhibiting connection seeking behaviors. That is a, it's a challenge. There's an expectation that we have that they're not able to meet because their lack of experience, because they haven't developmentally learned how to navigate through their emotions. And that is our job, our duty as as adults to guide children through that. And so when we do timeouts and we send them to think about what they did, one, they're not thinking about what they did. They're probably just upset and thinking about how angry and mad they are at you and maybe even plotting some revenge and just getting more upset. And we haven't solved the problem of whatever it was. We never solved the problem. And even sometimes they'll say, and a lot of, you know, a, a, a lot of people who specialize in behavior will may tell you to ignore attention seeking connection seeking behavior and and i and i understand where that comes from because they're looking at it from the view of changing the behavior and just because like i mentioned before just because you change the behavior doesn't mean you fix the problem it's like and i'm going to get to my timeout thing i know like i i'm long-winded and I, I go around it but i really want it to make sense when i say it um if the challenge that they're having 
is learning how to, you know, ask for connection when it's appropriate, then we have to teach them how to ask. Now, when we ignore them, they may stop asking for connection. And we may, as the adult, say, problem fixed. I fixed my kid. But that's like, you know, if someone had a headache because of a tumor and we gave them Advil. Right. Yeah. It might stop the headache for a little bit, but it didn't solve the problem. That tumor is still there. And while it's a lot more work to identify that there's a tumor and and I remove the tumor, that's what's going to stop the headaches long term, right? That's what's actually going to fix the problem. The Advil may change the behavior, may change, may stop the headache for the moment, but it doesn't fix the problem. And so when we do timeouts, like imagine... And here's the adult version. Imagine if you were at work and you made a mistake and, you know, you didn't meet your boss's expectations and your boss came in and said, what are you doing? Like, I told you 10 times that this is the way that you do it and you didn't do it that way. Go to the broom closet for 30 minutes because you're 30 years old because, right, that's what we do with the timeouts, right? They're they're two years old, so two minutes of timeout, five for five minutes of timeout. So you're 30 years old, go to the broom closet without the cell phone for 30 minutes and think about what you did. Now, okay, let's say you go to the broom closet and you comply. One, you're not gonna be thinking about what you did. You're gonna be, you're gonna be pissed off, you know, and it hurts the relationship, right? Now, conversely, what if you made the mistake and then your boss came and said, like, hey. You know, is everything okay? You usually do so well. And I was a little surprised that you didn't meet my expectation this time, whatever it was. Are you, is everything okay? How can I help you? Now, if there's that interaction, now you're grateful because wow, like my bosses were like really seeing me. They really care about me as a person. They're really invested in me. I'm learning and growing on the job and I feel safe here. And next time I make a mistake, I feel comfortable to go to my boss and allowing them to guide me through the process and help me through it. That person, the employee, the child in the broom closet is not going to go to you when they're making, they're going to hide the mistake, you know, and they're going to try to get away with the mistake. And, you know, and that's going to cause so many other problems and hurt the relationship. And I really do think that every parent out there, they want to build a strong relationship with their children. They want them to be emotionally healthy humans. They want to guide them through this new, big, strange, scary world that children are learning to navigate through. That's why I, I, I highly discourage the use of timeouts. And I know some sometimes timeouts come from me as a parent. I, I need time away. Like I need a break, right? And you know, that's okay to say like to your child, say like, I, mommy is, you know, really frustrated right now. Like I'm going to go like breathe. I'm going to go into like my room and breathe. And then, you know, we can come back and we can talk. But mommy's really frustrated or, you know, mommy's really sad. Like it's okay to express your emotions, and then go to wherever your calm down corner is. And then, you know, I know you didn't ask the question, but that's a way that you can teach them, you know, when they're overwhelmed and frustrated, they see you do it, they realize it's okay. And that's what's, you know, you're creating the culture 
that it's okay when you're upset overall with emotions that you can take time to decompress and then come back to this situation. Right. And you can say how you feel at the same time, which I think, you know, just sending them for a time out is maybe teaching them not so much to to talk about their emotions or how they're feeling. So I think it's good to, as a parent, also give that example of talking about how you feel in certain situations, for sure. Yeah. And I just want to say, too, because I don't want anyone out there to, like, feel... I know sometimes, you know, we're doing things... And I felt this as a as a teacher. I felt this. So I understand that, like, sometimes you're doing something and that you're like, okay, like, this is the way to do it. And then you feel like it's working. And then you learn you know, another way to do it. Like, oh man, I've been doing it wrong. And then you can sometimes feel guilty. It's not about being the perfect mom or dad or parent or teacher. We should never strive for perfection. We should strive to improve every day. Don't be a perfectionist, be an improvingist. And if you do a timeout every once in a while, it's not going to destroy their emotional well-being. It's more about the things we're doing consistently over a period of time that's really going to really have that long-lasting impact on our children. Right. And it's never too late to change what you're doing either. What I always say is, how can you do something that you didn't know? You only know what you know. So even with regard to my son, once I met with my friend who's the speech language pathologist, I thought, holy geez, how I'm communicating with him is I could be doing so much better. And because I don't know anything about communicating with toddlers, whereas she's the specialist in that, right? So and she told me, she said, every time I meet with parents for the first time, like they usually end up in tears because they feel bad that they've been doing things not in the most efficient way. So totally don't feel bad for doing timeouts. Just the fact that you're listening to a podcast about, you know, child behavior and emotions, like it shows that you care and obviously yes. you want to do better and we can all make yes. changes to to try and do things better for sure. So one thing I wanted to ask you about was hitting. So like I said, my son's 22 months and he just recently within the last probably like two weeks started, you know, putting his hand in a little fist and swinging his arm he'll either do it to the dogs or I can tell when he you know is trying to get a rise out of me and he'll do it to me or he'll throw a toy at my head and if I say don't throw your toy he'll specific like he looks at me and he will just do it again so in that in, in that situation I have a hard time not laughing and I really try not to laugh because I know as soon as I laugh, he wants to do it again, (laughs) which is horrible. But it's so funny when they're so cute and like they're trying to be so bad. But so what would you do in that situation? So a combination of things, Um, as we talked about before, you know, I would relinquish instead of stop, you know, don't throw or stop throwing toys He's just hearing the throwing of the toys and it was probably an effective way of getting your attention is what it sounds like he's trying to get your, you know, attention and your connection. He's trying to, you know, that's his way of entering play with you. Right. And it sounds effective too. even, I'm sure. And I've, I've done it sometimes to smirk and like, try not to laugh. <laughs> 
Um, but so that that would be the first thing is I would relanguage and tell them what you would want them to do instead, either appropriate weight of how to play with the toy, or if you, you really think it's just him trying to get your attention, I, I'm sure he, he understands a lot of what you're saying. So just teaching him communicating in a variety of different ways, verbally, through your actions of how to get your connection and attention. Two, I know that you're from listening to the podcast. I know that you're working on language with him. Um, a lot of times, if it's out of they're hitting out of frustration, out of out of anger or whatever it is, it's it's because doing it physically is the way that they have learned to communicate. That is a lot easier. It's a lot easier to communicate in a physical way. They've been pretty much doing it their whole lives. I cry, mom comes. Like if I do something, then it's going to get a reaction and that's how I get what I want. And now you're in the process of teaching him how to get what he wants through language in more appropriate ways other than hitting it. And by the way, some of it might be physical ways that you're teaching him, but just more appropriate physical ways. With the hitting, I try and say, I'll take his hand and like gently put it on my arm or like my face, wherever he was trying to hit me. And I'll say gentle hands, gentle hands. But and he's not doing it out of anger. Like he's in a really good mood. We're not you know, he's not irritable, nothing. He just all of a sudden will take his little fist and do it. And then if I go through the process of saying gentle hands, gentle hands, and if he's not listening and he continues to do it, I'll usually just get up and walk away from him. Um, wh what do you think about that, getting up and walking away? So I think that is something that is, it does send a message that behavior is not acceptable. I think there are other ways you can send the message. I'm a supporter of the gentle hands um, and, and, and the getting up and walking away. It would be important for you to come back and teach him different ways to get your attention um, because that's what it sounds like it is like like at the core of it like you said it's not out of frustration it's not out of anger he's just trying to play with you in the moment and he's doing what he thinks is going to be effective but you want to communicate in a variety of other ways that there are better ways to get your attention does he talk like a lot like how much does he talk to you like does he say he says some words here and there he he comprehends a lot like he understands what I'm telling him but it's not like he's saying uh sentences or anything he just says words right now so I would add a sign for play and teach him that and say if you want to play say play and do the sign and you're going to teach him that you're going to have to teach him that over and over and over and over and over and over again even you go being proactive and going up to him in times where you have the time, maybe you have five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, you going up to him, doing the sign for play, and then going and having some time, some mommy me time and playing with him just so that he's learning, okay, this is how we interplay using the skills that he does have or the skills that he's able to pr pr probably pretty quickly acquire. And then when he does come up and say play and he does do it, you want to, and maybe it might be a time where you're busy, but to just reinforce that behavior, I would recommend to, to stop what you're doing and just take, even if it's just a couple minutes 
of playing with him just so he reinforces just so he learns that's the way to get mommy's attention and that's what's effective because he's gonna do what's effective and so that is how i would recommend going about it and and i'm sure and i know that a lot of people you know especially you know my behavior people would disagree and they would tell you to you know get up and walk away um and you can do that um but i I think of children as people as equal to myself and any other person in the world. And I think a lot of times of the the strategies that we tell parents and even sometimes teachers to use don't honor the respect that we should be having for children. And we only think about the respect that children should be having for us. And I, and I think it's it's really a two way street, and I, like I know it's it's busy, and that's why I'm all about meet your needs. And sometimes you can't, you know, do you have another partner, you know, in the in the home who can, you know, sometimes who, who they're securely attached to that they can who can meet some of those needs some of the times where it's not always you. Is there times where you can do things, and you know, just like with the vacuuming thing that you brought up, you needed to vacuum. They need, he needed to be with you and feel like he is a part of what you, what's going down, you know, can you do that together? And then how are you taking care of yourself, right? How are you decompressing and recharging and meeting your own needs in the times where maybe that the partner is, you know, with a child or playing with a child and, you know, that's really important too. Definitely. Okay. I wanted to end with you explaining all the things that you have going on because obviously I found you on TikTok and now you have a podcast happening. You have your training programs. So I just kind of wanted to let you explain everything that you're doing. So first thing I want to, and um, Renee, you are more than welcome to come to it. So I'm doing an interactive podcast that starts July 13th. This probably has its I assume it's going to air after July 13th. Um, and it's an interactive podcast. So I'm able to, you can pop on. And as I'm talking about things, you can say things on the side and, and, and make comments, you know, whatever. You can yell at me. I welcome it. I welcome the dialogue. Um, I love the conversation. I think it's really important. Totally. That's on. So the website is called Get Vocal. Yes, get vocal. G E T V O K L. Get vocal. Um, and I, um, they made me a featured content creator, and so I'm on at 7 p.m. Eastern every single Monday. And so, if you're listening to this, come out. Tell me that you found me from this podcast because I would love to know. And just not tell her name. Just shout her out and just love her even more. Um, another way is through coaching. I'm really passionate about Mike and it's not just coaching. It's really my community. You get to be a part of my community. And what comes with that is you get daily tips. So every day I, I say some kind of tip and usually it's revolved around child development or, and people ask me questions every day. Like, Hey, like I'm having trouble with this. And then I respond in video form daily. Um, so not only Does that one person get the benefit of the answer? Everyone who's in that community gets the answer um, as well. So there's that. I have online courses that come out um, to the one on behavior just dropped. And every um, course has really great activities um, that you can do with your kid and with your spouse. Also a part of the community. This is all one place. 
you get a, uh, a community of parents who are all kind of going through the same struggles and, you know, working through things like relanguaging and telling them what to do and what not to do and creating calming corners and they're sharing their ideas and what they're doing. And, and then I also do individualized coaching that also comes along with that. So if you just want the answer real quick and you just want, like, solve my problem in an hour, Mr. Chas, I'm here for that too. And all of that is in one place. You go to www.patreon.com uh, forward slash Mr. Chaz. And that's Chaz with two Z. So it's M-R-C-H-A-Z-Z. Okay. So all these things that you're saying, I'm going to put them all in the episode notes. So everyone's going to be able to easily find all these things, which will be awesome. Cool. Awesome. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I teach, 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 but I'm kind of like a manager right now. I'm doing 101 million things, but my goal, shh, don't tell anyone. My goal is to build the community up enough so that I can pretty much quit my job and just be fully dedicated to helping parents and teachers um, around the world through this community. It's very, very, very affordable price. I, my goal is to impact, and like I said in the beginning, my goal is to impact as many people as possible. And it's in three different tiers. For the lowest tier, it's only five bucks. And then you get like the online courses and you get daily tips. And so that's my plug. All right, moving on. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Mr. Chaz, and you can find me on TikTok. Tick Teach Talk, T-I-C-K-T-E-A-C-H Talk. I know it's in the notes, but I'll say it out loud because people usually, it's not spelled the normal way. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it for the podcast episode. I just wanted to say thank you so much for talking to me because you're probably one of my favorite TikTokers. Thank you. So yeah, hopefully we can chat again. I'm I know there's so many topics that are relevant to children and development. And you can come on my podcast. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be there on Monday. I have it in my calendar. <laughs> and that's it for this episode. I hope you guys took some notes because we had so many good tips and, you know, ways to look at things. My absolute favorite is it's not always attention-seeking behavior try looking at it as connection seeking. I absolutely love that. If you haven't already, please go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the.mom.room. My blog is renearena.com and this is my freaking podcast. So again, thank you so much for listening and I hope your child sleeps tonight. Hey, 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 hey,